It's time for This Week in the Big East, a comprehensive look at the teams, coaches, players, and the story tradition of the Big East Conference. Here are your hosts, longtime conference play-by-play announcer John Rook and Big East author and sports writer Kevin McNamara. Welcome to Week 1, Season 4 of This Week in the Big East, our weekly look at the teams, coaches, players, and stories from the schools comprising the Big East Conference. I'm John Rook with Providence Journal beat writer, Basketball Times contributor, and author Kevin McNamara. Happy New Year, Kev. John, Officially, we're here. Good to see you, John. Season 4, time time flies when you're having fun here in the Big East. Another season of great college basketball ahead of us, although we have been at it for a couple of months, right? And I just want to tell everyone, uh, we, we made it through in a blizzard today to bring you the up-to-date look at the Big East, so we're, we're looking forward to it. It's just a couple of snowflakes. Not talking about us, though. It's winter. It's winter time in the east. It's it's this is old hat for us, John. All right. Well, let's take a quick look at the landscape as of the opening week of January and the year 2018. The Big East had and still has four All Big East first teamers, four All Big East second teamers back with their respective teams for the season, returning with some serious firepower. November, multi-team tournament play saw the league go 15-8 and overall, win two championships. As Villanova won the battle for Atlantis, Providence took the 2K Classic. At present, the Big East is ranked number two nationally in conference RPI, just edged out by the Big 12. In non-league play, which is mostly concluded for this season, except for a few straggler marquee games remaining, the Big East has a better than 800 batting average against teams from all other conferences and the best non-league winning percentage in 29 seasons. On top of a near record 70% of league membership reaching the NCAA tournament last March. The record was 77.7%. Kevin, you'll recall, seven out of nine Big East teams went dancing back in 1991. Pretty good start to the season. No question about it, John. And I think the Big East in in its uh, reformation here for five years in a row now has really established itself in the non-conference. And that sets everybody up for, for really being in perfect position to be able to win, you know, they're, they're 10, 11 games in the Big East, and you will absolutely be in the NCAA tournament. Now, equaling 7 of 10 last year, 70% of your league in the tournament, that's almost unheard of and will be, uh, will be a challenge to get back to that level. But there are at least seven teams in position to do so once again. I'm wondering, though, if this conference schedule might not start beating some teams up. Well, you know, we say this every year. You know, I know you're going to ask me, you know, well, Villanova's picked first. You know, can they, you know, get knocked off? And I say every year, of course. And they already have. And they already have. So this year I'm saying, of course, again. And I think maybe a little, you know, the the Cats might get beat up a little bit more than usual, which just brings them back down a little bit and gives teams like a Butler, who who has already uh, sprung that upset, uh, you know, a chance for big-time wins. And those are the wins that the NCAA Tournament Committee wants to see in March. Well, presently, four league teams are ranked within the two major top 25 national polls, seven teams receiving some poll recognition so far this season. So that speaks to your 7 out of 10 uh, thought just a moment ago. Villanova has already had a three-week stay at number one. Xavier is currently ranked a program best fourth nationally in the USA Today coaches poll and just won their 10th straight game earlier this week. You know, two top 10 teams is really impressive at this state of the game because because of who Villanova and Xavier have played. Uh, They've been through really difficult non-conference schedules. Uh, Very impressive. Uh, I can't say enough about really all of the first team preseason uh, all-league guys. They've all played well. Everyone from 
from uh, you know Trevon Blewett uh, at Xavier to Jalen Brunson at Villanova. Uh, Kadeen Carrington and Angel Delgado are off to great starts at Seton Hall. Keelan Martin at Butler and Marcus Foster, who's going to join us a little later from Creighton, has played very well. Those first team guys are all all American candidates. Right. As league play is tipped off now, it appears the unexpected might not be so unexpected any longer. Villanova, as we mentioned, already knocked off its unbeaten perch. They've beaten a a third straight time by Butler, which is just incredible when you think about it. Not that Butler beat them, but that Butler seems to have Villanova in its sights. No one else does, so no one else has that recipe that Butler has been able to come up with. Uh, it, it is bizarre, but uh, the three-point shot is the great equalizer, and Butler really did a great job from the three-point line in that ball game. Bulldogs were matched up with Xavier earlier this week. The Musketeers claimed that meeting, as we mentioned, their 10th straight uh, win overall this year. And going into this weekend, Xavier and Seton Hall are the two remaining undefeateds in Big East play, Kev. With some you know difficult ball games coming up, Xavier will be at Providence. No one likes to play at Providence. Difficult ball game, and and Seton Hall has to go to Hinkle Fieldhouse and Butler. So maybe John, uh, this time next week, there'll be no undefeateds. Speaking of playing at Providence, I think Marcus Howard likes it a little bit. What do you think? Why well, I, I know the Providence fans don't want to see Marcus Howard. <laughs> Not anytime soon. Walk into that Dunkin' Donuts Center. John, you can bring us up to speed. He just smashed one record after the next. An unbelievable performance. Well, the uh, situation was 52 points. Obviously a career high, a season Big East high for Marcus Howard, who was an incredible 11 of 19 from three-point range. Those 11 made threes for Howard on Wednesday night at the Dunkin' Donuts Center. A Big East league record, snapping a record that was set back nearly 20 years ago by the uh, uh, Providence Friar Dante Wade, which I'm sure so many people will remember. Dante had one great season at Providence, but he did that at South Bend against Notre Dame at the time, which is phenomenal performance. It also is the most scored in Big East play since Providence's Marshawn Brooks also torched, uh, torched Notre Dame for 52 a few years ago. How about this? Uh, all The four highest scoring games in Big East history all have occurred at that Dunkin' Donuts Center. 52 by Marcus Howard, 52 by Marshawn Brooks, 48 by Eric Murdoch, who played for Providence, and 46 by Dominique Jones, who played for South Florida. So I guess there's something in the water there in Providence. I think you need to get to the Dunkin' Donuts Center if you want to see some scoring, perhaps, this year, right? Bigger rims, maybe? Not quite sure. <laughs> well, there always has been that rumor. <laughs> we can tell you a little bit about that. All right, so we'd be remiss, though, if we didn't also mention some of the coaching changes at two Big East schools heading into the year, both, of course, with storied traditions. One of the greatest players in Big East history, Patrick Ewing, has returned to the Georgia Town campus to take over his Hoyas after an extensive playing and coaching career in the NBA. And the Butler Bulldogs, once America's lovable underdogs, of course, in reaching two national title games within the past decade, they had last season's Big East Coach of the Year, Chris Holtman, leave for Ohio State in the offseason. In his place, just like Georgetown did, Butler called in one of their own in Laval Jordan to continue the tradition. You know, there's, there's two tradition-rich programs, awful lot of winning. Uh, go back to a couple all-time great players. We'll see if they have the recipe and the magic to bring it back. Uh, Georgetown obviously has to dig out of a hole a little bit where Butler it looks like they might not miss a beat. Yeah, we're looking forward to seeing what Butler can give because uh, Laval Jordan certainly seems up to picked up the mantle and continue that tradition. And guess what? Coach Jordan will join us next right here this week in the Big East. Coming up this week in the Big East Spotlight. At Butler University, we've been called underdogs. We prefer overachievers. Here you'll be challenged to put your education into practice in the real world and gain the career experience to prepare you for the road ahead. 
So four years from now, your biggest challenge will be deciding which job offer to take. No matter where you end up, we'll help you get there. Butler Bulldogs aren't born, they're made. Plan your visit at butler.edu. Big East Spotlight. Brunson picks it up. Five seconds left. DiVincenzo for three. No. Tapped around. Picked up by Weidman. Butler does it again. 101-93. Villanova undefeated no more. Butler's Bulldogs currently hold a hex, if nothing else, over the Villanova Wildcats. Their 101-93 win over the former number one team in the nation during the opening week of league play is their third straight win over the Cats, having swept two games last season. If I didn't know any better, I'd say Bulldogs are quickly becoming Philly's least favorite pet. Butler head coach Laval Jordan joins us this week in the Big East. Coach, what have you gotten yourself into here? <laughs> no, it's, it's great. You know, guys, it's, it's fun to be back. Obviously, it's a big responsibility, but we've got a great group that uh, continues to improve and work to get better, and I'm getting welcome to the Big East, starting to get used to the level uh, of play in this league, and it's, I think, one of the best in the country. Coach, totally understand why you couldn't wait to come back to your alma mater to be a head coach. I'm sure it's a dream of yours. When you came in and welcomed your team and saw them first work out a little bit back uh, several months ago, what did you think of, of the talent base? Yeah, no, that's that's a great question. I, you know, I have, obviously, being a uh, former player and an alumni, you can keep up and you follow. So I had seen a lot of these guys, and we actually recruited a few of them when I was an assistant coach at Michigan. Uh, so I knew, uh, I was familiar with Tyler Weidman and Nate Fowler, Christian Davis, and it's seen Kamar. Baldwin and Keelan Martin and, and Sean McDermott, some of the other guys from afar. Uh, so I knew we had, you know, walking into it, if everybody stays, that was kind of part one with the class that had signed and, and guys that were here. Uh, but you knew they committed to Butler, so most likely, you know, everybody's still on board. Um, and we had enough talent. It was just about getting to know them, getting relationships built, uh, and then, you know, playing and practicing and, and creating that buy-in for our staff and for these guys with each other. Coach, you mentioned uh, Keelan Martin, and, and I'm wondering – when you stepped into this situation and you saw what kind of a player he can be and what he has meant to his program, this program, over the last three years, how do you step in and not mess things up? And and I, I don't mean to be flipped by that, but how do you make him better? Yeah, you know, it's uh, he's, he's a talented talented player. You know, the, the, the most fun thing about Keelan is he's extremely coachable. Uh, you know, he wants to get better. He wants to improve. He wants to be held accountable. Pace has gotten better this year. I think he's playing at an unbelievable pace. He's making more decisions with the basketball. Uh, he's rebounding the ball. And those are things we need him to do for, for our team. Uh, but I think his defense and his leadership is probably the biggest jump. Some big games where we've been down and his voice a lot. Coach, can you just tell everybody a little bit about the atmosphere that you had uh, for the Villanova game? I think everyone who's been around the league, who's been to Hinkle, appreciates that. But for you to feel it for the first time had to be really exciting. Yeah, well, it wasn't like that when I played here, guys, back <laughs> years ago. <laughs> there was people there, but sold out. You know, you can't beat Hinkle Fieldhouse in general. Uh, but obviously, Hinkle sold out the number one team in the country coming in here. It was just a special, special environment to be in and to be on the sidelines for. Our fans were, were unbelievable. It was a magical day uh, for us. Now, we, we can't live off just that. You know, Big East is a monster. Uh, but it was just, you know, it was great to be back, just to see and know, you know, what it was like back in the day when, it, when we were here as players and to see what it has become now. All right, so we've touched on Keelan Martin already. Who else on this team have you felt like, wow, I didn't really know he could do that? Because you guys have had some good wins this year, obviously the most impressive against a, a number one team in the nation. But you seem to have developed and grown since the start of the season through your non-conference play. 
Yeah, you know, Kamar Baldwin's the, the, the other guy. He was all Big East freshman team last season. Yep. Um, and his game has developed, put, put him into the point guard position, not exclusively, but more than he was last year. So that he, the ball is in his hands, sorry, to, uh, to make more decisions. And we're trusting him to do that. And he's, he's growing, you know, as we go. And he's had a heck of a start to Big East play. Paul Jorgensen, you know, some, there's a few guys that, you know, Paul was sitting out last year as a transfer from George Washington. So his, his shooting ability and the way he passes it, I mean, he's been, he's been a key for our team. Uh, and his confidence has, has helped us. Uh, and then Sean McDermott, you know, had the injury. He was playing great before he got hurt when we were out of Portland. Uh, he's still not back. He's getting back uh, to 100%, but, you know, he's, he's had a phenomenal um, improvement from last year to this year. Um, I can imagine this is information overload for you right now, kind of learning the league and seeing the playing styles around uh, around the Big East. Uh, Coach, can you just give us a, a, a broad brush of what you think of uh, the Big East this year? Yeah, thankfully, you know, if two former Bulldogs on our staff that have been here the past uh, few seasons, Emerson Campbell and Brandon Crone. So they know, they're really familiar with, you know, the coaching style of, of all the programs and, and the teams in the league. Uh, obviously, Coach Ewing at Georgetown is, is new uh, along with myself. So really good coaches. Uh, I think it's as talented as any league in the country. Um, having gone at Georgetown and, and played them, they've got great length. And, and Coach Ewing did a, does a great job. They're playing hard. And, playing together, you know, obviously Xavier and, and Villanova, top top teams in the country. We've got Seton Hall coming in here, and then we go to Creighton. So, you know, it's hard to look ahead <laughs> when you see what you got right in front of you. Well, let's give you a chance then to sort of uh, tell us what you know about Seton Hall without giving in any way any uh, trade secrets. But clearly you have a Pirates team that is uh, senior-dominated, experienced, tournament experience as well, and you've got to try to defend the home floor. Yeah, no question. They, they're, they're really good. I uh, got some really good pieces, and they got seniors. And I think that's the thing that stands out is with Delgado, with Rodriguez, Carrington, uh, Nogo, those guys are all, they've been through the battles, so they, they have a poise about them that, you know, you see it on film, they don't panic, and they don't break it. You know, they've, they've got really good guard play, uh, and then I haven't seen anybody rebound the basketball in a long time like, like Delgado. So they, they present a ton of problems. Uh, and, they, and they're a connected group. They've been through it together. So it'll be a real challenge uh, when they come in on Saturday. Coach, I know the fans are excited. They should be. And I know that they've welcomed you back with open arms, as they probably should, because you are a Butler Bulldog yourself. What is a reasonable expectation for your first year as head coach? Uh, I, I don't know. You know, I, I think we, regardless of who the coach has been here, um, and it's, it's turned over a few times, the expectation has been the same, to play a certain way. Uh, we expect to win, uh, hold ourselves to a certain standard. So uh, when you come out of a week, I think there's something created in the minds of uh, this particular team that's, that's right in their chapter in Butler basketball. Is uh, When you come out and you beat number one and you're in the game on the road at number five and lose, lose by seven. But we can play with anybody in the country. We've shown we can play with, with the best. Laval Jordan, Butler, head basketball coach. Who's hot? We mentioned earlier the hot hands returning from last year's teams to this year's. Several are already carrying their teams right into the thick of conference play. We'll run them down for you next. This week in the Big East. Coming up, who's hot? This week in the Big East. Every day, the NCAA is working across campuses to keep college athletes safe by committing research and resources to their physical and mental health. Physical and mental health includes, but is not limited to, education, research initiatives, and new policies on concussion, promoting best practices around cardiac health, sexual violence prevention and education, mental health resources and training, alcohol and other drug abuse prevention, guidance on nutrition, sleep, and performance, creating safety guidelines for all NCAA sports, support of the American Development Model to prevent overuse injuries. 
Whew. And that's just what we could fit within 30 seconds. Visit NCAA.org slash wellbeing to learn more. Who's hot? Brunson raises up for a three and buries it. That ties his career high with 27, the three ball from the right wing. And the Cats lead 81-58. Looks for a screen. Ted goes outside to Foster. He'll pull the trigger on a three. Oh, Marquette with the tongue hanging out. Buries the five-point bank three-pointer. Jays by 23. Bulldogs down by two. Martin crossing over. Three in the air. Buries it. Oh, my. Keelan Martin takes the lead. Marquette down three. Howard. And won a 40-point night. Howard stepping back. Come on. 50 points for Marcus Howard. Come on. Howard. Slips on through. 52. Steve Wojciechowski and the Marquette Golden Eagles come to Providence and win a thriller in overtime 95-90. to Whoa. Deep range. Oh, no. Jorgensen! Unbelievable! He was barely across midcourt. He was on the dog's ear almost, I think, when he let that one go. Back to Bridges, right wing. Shot clock at six. Bridges wants to make a play down the lane, goes in, and throws down a vicious jam with right two hands. over the head of Baldwin. Wow. The, the one in New York was one hand. That was with two long arms. Thompson into the lane. Jump pass. Martin, threes. Man, that was big. Keelan, the senior, delivers. Welcome back to This Week in the Big East. I'm John Rook with Kevin McNamara, who's hot and who isn't hot, really, when you think about it overall. Big East Player of the Week this past week was Keelan Martin of Butler as he helped the Bulldogs to a 2-0 week. Double overtime win at Georgetown as the Bulldogs got a win. And, of course, we told you earlier that they knocked off then number 1-ranked Villanova. Keelan Martin is clearly, though, a player that has to be on his game for these Bulldogs, though, Kevin, to be good or at least as good as we think they can be. I would say Keelan probably underperformed a little bit last year as a junior. Uh, he, He actually was out of the starting line up for, for a stretch of games, if you remember, and I believe it was February. Right. Uh, that's not the case this year. He's clearly the go-to guy for the Bulldogs. He came up huge in that Villanova game. He was 4 for 4 from three-point range. How about the Bulldogs? They had 15 threes in that win over uh, Villanova. Awful lot of help out on that three-point line, and you know, Keelan has a chance to be a pro. You know, he's got that big, strong, you know, six foot five body, shooting range, can put the ball on the floor. He's a very accomplished collegiate scorer. League has been raining threes all over the place. Providence hit 16 against St. John's uh, at Carneseca Arena. Uh, Marquette hit 13 more uh, in their win over Providence at the Dunkin' Donuts Center. And you mentioned, of course, uh, Butler. They had 15 threes, hit an incredible 15 of 22 in that win over Villanova. How about Creighton? Get get out of their way, too, when they get hot at the three-point oh. line. There's quite a few teams that really can benefit at that line. Jamal Kane of Marquette was the Big East freshman of the week this past week. He averaged 12 points, 2.5 rebounds, 2.5 steals in a 1-1 one one week for Marquette before their win at Providence. And, of course, we'd be remiss if we didn't mention, and he's a great candidate to be player of the week this next week, and that would be Marcus Howard, uh, sophomore from Arizona, because this kid was unstoppable with his league-high tying 52 points and that is a career within the Big East Conference all of the great players all of the great teams that have played in this now the 39th season of Big East basketball 52 nobody's ever done more John just a tiny bit more on that night at halftime Marcus Howard's two of eight for 10 points 
Providence is doing a pretty good job. In the second half, he hits seven three-pointers. He's 11 for 16 from the field. He has 32 and a half, which, which is a Big East record. And then he comes back in the overtime just to make sure that things get done. He hits four out of five shots, two more threes, 10 more points, and uh, Marquette goes on to win uh, 95 to 90 at Providence. His second half performance, by the way, Kevin, I believe was a record for points and a half in the Big East. And, and we still know that uh, they've been going back to the league archives to double-check that. I can confirm it. Uh, 32, the uh, previous record was Kerry Kittles from Villanova There's a name. Uh, back in 95. Pretty good player. The uh, honor roll for this week in the Big East has some great names to it, and let's start with Andrew Rousey, Marcus Howard's teammate from Marquette. He came into this week leading the Big East in conference games at 33 points. He averaged 33 points in the first two conference games that Marquette played. Providence actually did a decent job on Rousey, got him into some foul trouble on Wednesday night. He only scored 16. I say only 16. You didn't need much more when you had Mr. Howard going off for 52. No, uh, Georgetown did not do a good job against him as Rousey went for 35, so Clearly, uh, those two guys, to, you know, Mar- Marquette is a very young team, the youngest team in the league, but to defend both Rousey and Howard is a major chore. Martin Crompel from Creighton, 18 points and nine rebounds in a one-in-one week, shot 57% from the floor. Desi Rodriguez from Seton Hall, I have a feeling we'll talk about that senior forward a lot this year, scored 23 points and wins over Creighton and over St. John's. Jalen Brunson of Villanova, a preseason candidate for player of the year in the league, he averaged 23.5 points and five assists in his week. And then Trevon Blewett. Of Xavier, another player of the year candidate, 19.5 points, 6.5 rebounds, and 5 assists in Xavier's 2-0 start to Big East play. What jumps out to me, John, with the list of guys we just talked about, senior, senior, junior, senior, senior. Uh, In college basketball, there's an awful lot of talk about the one-and-dones. Those are the great talents who don't stick around very long, but... I think we've seen in the Big East the teams that are, have juniors and seniors can do great things, uh, Villanova being uh, uh, the best example. Well, let's continue that thought for a second then. Outside of what we've just mentioned, who has stood out to you at least in the early going through the non-conference play, first week of the regular season overall, that maybe hasn't gotten the spotlight that you think uh, could get it, or at least a share of it, uh, before we uh, get too much further? Well, Creighton is a very dangerous team. You know, Marcus Foster and Kyrie Thomas are two really good players. You mentioned Crumple. He, he, he kind of came out of the out of the woodwork, really didn't uh, you know, do much last year off the bench. And he's stepping in for Justin Patton, you know, who was taken in the NBA draft. So Who's a star, you yeah. know, a, a, you know a, clearly a big-time player. Um, I, I think Greg McDermott has shown that he, he really knows how to coach offense. You know, they're very, very explosive, always good out in Omaha. They're going to be a difficult team to deal with. And, uh, you know, again, Kyrie Thomas and Marcus Foster back-to-back are quite a pair. Well, our focus for week one zeroes in on one of those returning all Big East players we just talked about from a season ago. He arrived in Omaha as an acclaimed player at his original school, and then he's proceeded to disappoint no one in Nebraska. Well, except maybe for the Cornhuskers. (laughs) Marcus Foster can shoot it up straight up, slash to the basket, run, score, rebound, defend like few others. And that's why he's a legit player of the year candidate for the Creighton Blue Jays, and he joins us next, this week in the Big East. Coming up next, the Big East Focus. At Creighton University, our academic programs are recognized nationally for excellence and innovation. Creighton's outstanding undergraduate research opportunities, internships, and clinicals provide students with the chance to explore, create, and discover new knowledge. With business, law, healthcare, and multiple degree options in the arts and sciences, you will leave Creighton ready to begin your career. And our students form a passionate community ready to contribute something meaningful to the world while in college and after graduation. Visit Creighton. 
creighton.edu to learn more about the Creighton experience. Big East Focus. Foster, head fakes a three. Foster now takes the three. And it's good! Marcus Foster! Five points, bank three-pointer in your eye! His second in a row, chased by seven. Boy, after being ice cold, he's hit back-to-back threes. Welcome back to This Week in the Big East. He's a Cornhusker killer, a first-team All-Big East baller. No doubt he wants to be a Creighton All-Big East champ when this year is done. Senior guard Marcus Foster joins us this week in the Big East. Marcus, thanks for taking the time to join us today. And, you know, you do a lot of things well. You know that. Currently fifth in the league in scoring, hitting into the week. So what is it about your game right now that you think is tough for someone else to defend? Um, yeah, right now I'm just I'm playing really well, just um, scoring on all three levels this year, you know, so it's kind of hard for people to know what I'm going to do. And, you know, it's been an advantage to me. And having the teammates that I have that can shoot the ball so well, it spaces out the court for me so I can get those easier drives to the lane. Now, we, we, we mentioned that only because it sounds a little self-serving, but I, I'll, I've always believed with, with players that are at the elite level uh, in anywhere in college basketball, they know exactly what their strengths and their weaknesses are. Clearly, they try to play to those strengths. You have a couple of really good ones because you can get to the rim, but you also know when to pull up and shoot the jumper. So what is it about having to make that decision that you think kind of sets you aside from other players? Um, I think how quick I make my decisions. You know, I think uh, some players take too long to recognize recognize what you see and, you know, to score it. It's a split second. you got to make that decision. And, you know, it's also I've always been taught to kind of watch people's feet work and their body to see where they're at. And, you know, I can use my moves or, you know, do what I need to do to go score. Marcus, can you take us back to last spring? I know that you thought about the NBA draft a little bit. Uh, just remind me w- whether you went through the process a little bit and, and kind of what that whole decision-making process was all about. Um, yeah, it was definitely a tough process. You know, I'm glad I could have Justin Patton there to go through the same process and talk it out with him. But, you know, kind of at, uh, at the start of the whole process, I was, I was pretty sure I was going to leave. But, you know, the more and more I just thought about it and looked at the pros and cons of it, you know, the best decision for me was to come back, and, you know, the most thing I'm happy about is, you know, I'm I'm done with my degree. And so, you know, now I have that some to fall back on the rest of my life. And, you know, I'm having a great season. So, you know, it definitely was a hard decision. And, you know, it's a decision you don't want to pass up on most of the time because, you know, as a kid, you grow up, you grow up thinking about playing in the NBA. But, you know, something my mom would tell me, you know, just be patient and the good things are going to happen to you this year. What was the takeaway from the scouts? What, what what was the one or two things where you knew you needed to get better at? Um, they wanted me to get better at ball handling and ball decision making, and also, you know, they wanted to see me be a little better defender. You know, a lot of scouts were saying I could be a very good defender at the NBA level, and also, you know, I'm gonna have to move to the point guard position more in the NBA because of my height. So I have to, you know, not necessarily play point guard, but make better decisions when I get to the paint and people are helping me. 6'3", and you're short? <laughs> I know. That's what I told him. I was, I was the five at my high school in Texas. I was the second tallest kid on my team. Wow. 
Well, and you can jump a little bit. You're a two guard in my in my book, but then again, uh, you know, athletic enough to be a combo. So we'll see. Mm-hmm. How, we'll see how that progresses uh, next year. But uh, uh, how about the difference between last year's team and this year's team? Obviously, you don't have Justin Patton. It's a very big difference inside. But can you just contrast the the Jays from last year to this year? Um, the unselfishness for this team is, is crazy. Um, I think guys love to see other guys do good on this team, man. You don't see that in many other programs. And, you know, just the team we have, we we knew coming in we, we weren't supposed to be as good, but we embraced it, and we prepared for a great season. And as you've seen early, we got to a very good start, and we played to the top teams in the country. We played them pretty close, and, you know, that's, that's just because how close and tight we are off the court, that we're so locked in together on the court. Creighton senior guard Marcus Foster joining us this week in the Big East. Marcus, let's talk about those teammates a little bit because you came into this process having obviously started your career at another school before you decided to get uh, to Creighton. So what about the program appealed to you? And now that you've been here for a full year, you're into your second full year in in playing here, what else uh, about your teammates helped draw you to Creighton? Who did you want to play with? Um, coming in, I really wanted to play with Maurice Watson, Cole Huff, and um, Ronnie and Ronnie Harrell and Toby Hegner. Just because on my visit, uh, though we mixed around teams at Open Gym, and I got to play with them guys, and you know, I knew that they were really good. You know, I remember telling my mom coming on the visit, like I know I want to go to Creighton, but I just want to see if there's any you know good talent there. And it surprised me how many people was good. Almost everybody was really good. So. You know, that's one thing that I liked. And then just the, the culture they have uh, as a brotherhood, and, you know, it's really good. I mean, they embraced me the first day I walked in. And, you know, most people, you know, you don't embrace transfers or, you know, situation I came from. You know, you kind of stay away. But they embraced me, and, you know, our relationship just grew from there. Uh, the, the difference maker, I think, for the Jays this year is is Martin Crample, who, who really didn't uh, you know get get going too much last year. Can you just talk about his improvement and, and what he's going to mean for you for you guys this year? Man, his improvement is crazy. Um, to prepare for games, we watched film from last year, and just to see you know the difference he's making. Like last year, he was going up, you know, doing weak layups, and now he's going up trying to dunk on you, and he doesn't care if it's two people down there. He's still trying to dunk on you, and He's going to be very big for us down down the, down the stretch coming up for, if we really want to contend for this Big East Championship just because there's so many big, big men in the league. And, you know, we didn't play three games, and um, all three games they didn't have a dominant big man. So we're definitely going to need him, and he's playing really great for us right now. The other name that you mentioned I think is a guy that actually could be a little bit of a, uh, uh, of a sneaky pick for an improved player in the Big East. And that's Ronnie Harrell. The guy has all arms, all legs. He's six foot seven. He's got great speed. He's got good quickness to get to the rim. Yeah, he does. Um, Ronnie, he he's special for us. He he's our X factor, and I tell him, you know, if he's playing good, we are playing good. Um, just the energy and the effort he brings every day in practice and in the games, you know, it's so great for us to have a guy like that. Because you see, last night he had 13 points. You know, the sky's the limit for him. Um, you know, as long as he just keeps rebounding and doing the little things, everything's going to play out for him. Like, his shot has been looking great, and he's scoring. So, if he just keeps doing those little things for us, you know, his individual play will keep getting better. 
It's been a lot of highlights uh, for Creighton basketball the last couple of years, Marcus, but I know that last year did not end the way you guys wanted to with the NCAA tournament loss to Rhode Island. Uh, what can make this team different and, and March play out differently for you guys? Yeah, March definitely didn't play out the way we loved it. Um, you know, as a motivation to myself, I have a um, March Madness banner hanging in my room, and I look at it every day just to prepare for, you know, what's going down, down the stretch. But, um, yeah, we we just have to we just have to keep getting better every single game, and that's what I like about our team. We're getting better. We're learning from our mistakes, and we're getting better. And you know, this stretch for us is going to be very important. And you know, I think I think we'll be a scary team to play in March. I think a lot of people will not want to play a team like us in March that can get going in many different ways. That's Creighton senior guard Marcus Foster. Well, the national perspective is next with the inside info from a national writer who has plenty of experience on the Big East beat. The Athletics' Dana O'Neill joins us next, this week in the Big East. Coming up next, the national perspective. To walk these classrooms, these fields, these courts, is to walk in the footsteps of legends. Villanovans who have built a legacy of success, both in and out of the classroom. Bound by tradition, humility, and our commitment to each other, we are stronger together. We are fearless, relentlessly pushing ourselves to victory. We believe in Nova Nation and give ourselves to it totally, even when no one is looking. We are Villanova, and each of us strengthens all of us. National Perspective. Brunson raises up for a three and buries it. That ties his career high with 27, the three ball from the right wing. And the Cats lead 81-58. John Rook with Kevin McNamara this week in the Big East. There are some great places to go and read through some great content covering college basketball on the net. One of those being the Fieldhouse on theathletic.com. Author, ex-ESPNer, and senior writer Dana O'Neill is a part of it all. She joins us this week in the Big East. Dana is it just us around here, or does it really seem as if there isn't a dominant big dog right now on the national scene? There's some good ones, sure, but where does the Big East fit into all of this, in your opinion? I think the Big East is right there, because I agree with you. I don't think right now there is a clear-cut, okay, that's the team that's going to walk her to the national championship. I suppose if I had to pick one, I think Michigan State certainly is playing the best basketball right now, and there's a reason they're number one, but... You know, you look at teams like Villanova and Xavier, and I don't think there's a reason whatsoever that you can't count them as in the mix. They're as talented, as tough as any team out there in the country. So I think things are very wide open. Dana, we'll hit a lot of the Big East teams going forward here, but you just mentioned both Michigan State and Duke. I know you've seen both. Uh, Can you just compare and contrast the two of them? Because I think most people would say that those are the two best teams in the country, one with an awful lot of veterans and one just loaded with uh, big-time freshmen. Right, that's that's the difference. Obviously, you know, Michigan State when, when Miles Bridges decided to come back, I mean, it, it changed everything for Tom Izzo's team. And while he's hardly a veteran as a sophomore, I think you know, at this day and age, he is a veteran. Right? You look at at that team, and they are they're loaded with experience. They play hard. They can score in bunches. They're really they're just really a difficult team because they have so many weapons. That's the kind of team Tom Izzo likes to coach. I mean, he he loves guys that stick around and he gets to know and he gets bested in. So. This is exactly his kind of team, whereas Duke, you know, this is Mike Krzyzewski's new wave of a team. That This is not how he used to coach, um, but he's changed his mojo as, as times have changed, and he's got all these great freshmen with Marvin Bagley leading the charge. But that team, because of their talent and their just pure ability, has probably a bigger upside on more so than Michigan State. Michigan State is going to get better because Tom Mizzou's teams always do in March, but in terms of kind of realizing talent and potential and kind of figuring their way, 
you got to look at Duke and say, as this team kind of gets older and better and more experienced, they're going to be really scary come NCAA tournament time. Well, continuing with this whole national perspective theme here, Dana, uh, it, it seems to me that while we always preach experience is going to win out in the long run, that there are some young players and some really talented younger guys, and you've referred to a couple of them that, that Duke obviously has as well, that kind of are taking some of the spotlight away this year. Is this a, a trend shift, perhaps, or is this just sort of a, an anomaly with the young guys being ultra-talented early? Well, you know, I think the young guys are always there, um, and, and we always kind of fall in love with them. And look, Trey Young is, <laughs> you can't, at Oklahoma, you can't not look at him and think, holy smoke, he, here's a player that can just be transcendent for a team. Right. Um, and DeAndre Ayton at, at Arizona, the same. I mean, these are guys who are just ridiculous talent. Other than by themselves, they rarely win you a national championship. I mean, the Anthony Davis Kentucky team of 2000. 12 was was the anomaly when we get into the the three weeks in march to decide everything very often you need somebody to guide these freshmen along that's not to say that they won't be part of the reason that they win but if you go back to even to duke when they had Jaleel Okafor and all those guys and tyus jones it was it was basically because of quinn cook that they won but he needed those freshmen to score and be terrific so I think it's the combination ultimately the wins, but right now, I mean, we've just got some players out there, especially Trey Young, who are just ridiculous. He sure is a lot of fun to watch. Uh, the, the one, yeah. the one guy in the Big East who, who kind of uh, speaks to what you just said is, is Jalen Brunson. So let's talk about Villanova a little bit. You know, I, I think this is one of Jay's uh, most intriguing teams because he has a big time newcomer in uh, Omari Spellman, and yet. Uh, you know, some really talented upperclassmen with uh, Brunson, Bridges, and a few other guys. Uh, very different Villanova team, but uh, very dangerous once again. Uh, correct, Dana? Absolutely. You know, I saw them play against Gonzaga in New York, and, I, and I, that was the first time I had seen them live. And I was like, whoa, <laughs> uh, that, that's, that's a really good team because, you know, typical Jay Wright teams, they don't, they don't beat themselves, right? They, they really play hard. They play smart. Um, they can all shoot threes. They're, they're going to defend. Um, but this team has, you know, you're bringing Dante DiVincenzo off the bench still, which is a, an amazing weapon to have as, as your sixth man. And Omari Spellman is the difference maker. You know, he, he's that inside presence with Eric Pascal that, you know, they had, they didn't really have last year. Plus, he's now going out and shooting threes, which is, makes him really difficult to defend. I don't know. I think this is one of Jay's better teams. I'm not, you know, I hate to compare them to the 2016 team because that team was so unique. But in terms of talent and ability, you know, this, this group is, is really strong. And, and I think Jalen Brunson is the difference. He's so stoic and so kind of business-like. You forget about him sometimes because he's not flashy. He just kind of plays with his head down and takes over. But he is not going to let that team lose very often because of the way he's played, the way he's been raised by his father. He, he just is a difference maker. Dana O'Neill, senior writer for TheAthletic.com, The Fieldhouse on TheAthletic.com, joining us here this week in the Big East. All right, so Villanova's out of the way. Of the teams that you have seen thus far and observed, whether it be on television or, or personally, who else has stood out at this early juncture? I know we're just kind of getting into the, the teeth of conference play, but believe it or not, Dana, we're halfway through the schedule. I can't even talk about it. I know. So I'm going to look up and it's going to be the national championship game. I mean, you're, you're absolutely right. Look, I mean, I think the obvious the obvious people in the Big East are standing out for reasons. I mean, look, Xavier's really good. I think Seton Hall is really good. I think, you know, obviously they've had a couple of ups and downs in the, in the non-conference season, but they're loaded. And that team is interesting. I went and did a story with Angel Delgado. And just the attitude around that team with Seton and Carrington and, and and Delgado and, and Rodriguez, they've been together for such a long time. They've gone through a lot of nonsense. That's a team on a mission. So I think when you get older players 
who really feel like they have a little bit of a chip on their shoulder and people are disrespecting them and all that happy nonsense on bullet boards. I think that makes the team really, really dangerous. Um, but, you know, I think the middle of the Big East is, is good, too. I mean, I, you know, Marcus Howard isn't going to score 52 points every night for Marquette. That was ridiculous. Yep. But that's a team that's not that's going to be in the mix. So, I, you know, they and, and Butler and Creighton, I mean, he, the bottom of the league was, was Georgetown's look. I mean, non-conference joke of a schedule notwithstanding. They can beat some teams. So I think this league is going to be really a tough battle night in and night out. And I think at the end of the day in the March, the selection committee will honor them for that. I think they recognize how talented this this conference is, top to bottom. We can't let you go without a little bit on Xavier. Xavier is like the Syracuse of old, the top-level Big East team all the time. If you look at what Xavier's done the last five years in the Big East, they've achieved more than a Syracuse or a Connecticut or... You know, uh, West Virginia, for that matter. I mean, Chris mm-hmm. Mack has really had a great run in in this new Big East. They're fifteen and one <laughs> with really good players. Blewett, Makura being at the top of the list. Absolutely, and it's funny because you know Villanova winning the national championship sort of overshadowed everything that Xavier has done. I mean, remember, Xavier lasted longer in the NCAA tournament last year than Villanova did, despite Villanova getting the one seed. I agree with you. I think Xavier is one of those just dangerously sneaky teams that everyone, for whatever reason, and I guess it's because they're not flashy, but they're so stinking solid. They're always there in March. And I think, you know, Blewett and Bakura are as good of a back, you know, a combination you're going to find. I mean, they just are old and they're, they're tough. They're really different in terms of their personalities. I remember when I was at Big East Media Day, having some fun with them because they're sort of like the odd couple in terms <laughs> of being, you know, Blue is more stoic and Makura is definitely not stoic. Um, and they, they, But they play off one another really well. I don't know how you look at that team and, and not think that's a team that you, you pick deep into March just because they, they've done it before. They're not going to be overwhelmed by the moment. i got to tell you, I love the description. Stinking solid. I don't know if anybody's ever said that about Xavier before, <laughs> but I think that's pretty appropriate, and I think that's probably the rest, the way that the rest of the Big East is going to feel about Xavier. They are just stinking solid. <laughs> it's going to stick. Let's go with it. I can tell Chris Mackey could use that as a, as a catchphrase. Love it, love it. Dana O'Neill, again, senior writer for the Fieldhouse on theathletic.com. We look forward to seeing you on the trail uh, throughout the course of the rest of the season. Dana, thanks for the time today. Anytime. Thank you, guys. Who's got next? Well, now we get ready to settle in for the grind that is the meat of the conference schedule. And the big games coming up, that's next. This week in the Big East. Coming up, who's got next? This week in the Big East. If you want to make a difference, you need to be the difference. At Marquette University, we don't stop the pursuit of our mission ever. We research, study, test our theories, and practice our faith. We are men and women for and with others. It's excellence in the classroom, in the community, in our fields, and on the court. We do it because we're problem solvers, innovators, and fearless leaders. We do it because it's who we are. Marquette University. Be the difference. Who's got next? Keelan catches, drives, finds McDermott. Three in the air. That's good. One point game. This Butler crowd is into it. John Rook, Kevin McNamara this week in the Big East. Who's got next? The week ahead has got some great games in it. We start with Saturday's lineup as well. Xavier plays at Providence in a noon tip. And then Seton Hall plays at Butler Saturday afternoon. A big test for Seton Hall to see if they can hold on to a share of first place in the Big East. Is there more Hinkle magic? Uh, my guess is yes. You know, uh, Hinkle is 
Certainly uh, been a place of magical things for the Bulldogs for many years now. And uh, Seton Hall is off to a great start, 2-0 in the league. Uh, but got to go out to uh, Indianapolis. Always a very difficult ball game. Let's also take a look out for Marquette at Villanova Saturday night. The way Marquette shot the ball Wednesday at Providence, they could definitely be cat killers. Well, they're dangerous. And, you know, hey, and Villanova just let up 15 threes uh, at Butler. So uh, you really need to watch that three-point line with Marquette, as we talked about with Marcus Howard and, uh, and Rousey. Yeah, Providence learned that the hard way. Next week, a couple of dynamic games and a traditional Big East battle, if you will, on Tuesday at Madison Square Garden. And it will be the first time that Patrick Ewing and Chris Mullen meet each other as coaches on the floor. Georgetown plays at St. John's. Well, Man, I'd like to be there for that one. And, you know, we'll... we'll Anyone have the guts to wear Louis sweater or Big John's got sweater? They got to. Have to. They have to. Guys, if you're listening to the show, please put on the ugly sweaters. Well, they probably don't make one big enough for Patrick, but Chris, come on. <laughs> Chris Mullen, we, we will make one and got ship to. one to you. Got to do it. Has to do it. And, uh, you know, if the game's a little slow, maybe those two guys can play one-on-one at halftime. Uh, as far as the game is concerned, St. John's has found themselves in a little bit of an early hole in league play. Yeah, you know, Shamari Pons has been dealing with a little knee injury. Marcus Lovett has been out for a while. Uh, that's the crux of their team. They need those two guys together. Very potent backcourt when they're healthy, uh, but they're off to an 0-3 start. They have, De- uh, they have DePaul this weekend. Uh, need to get that win. And then if they can get healthy against us, uh, Georgetown as well, then they'd be right back in the mix. Let's get to Wednesday as well, because the big game of the year to this point in time has to be Xavier at Villanova Wednesday night at the Wells Fargo Center in Philadelphia. Big game in the country. You know, the top 10 matchup, uh, big time game. You know, Xavier has actually had an awful lot of trouble at Villanova. They usually have to go up to the Cat House, which is under construction this year, John. Right. Uh, all of Villanova's league games will be downtown at the NBA Arena, the Wells Fargo Center. I think that hurts Villanova a little bit. We we know how difficult they are to, to, to lose on campus. Uh, and again, Xavier has had some real trouble at Villanova. Maybe not the case at Wells Fargo, but we'll see. Any thoughts about the coaching early in the season that you've seen some of these guys and how especially the two new coaches, and we talked about them earlier, and Laval Jordan and Patrick Ewing have sort of adapted to their programs? Well, Jordan is has impressed me because I always think that when a new coach – I know he's you know Butler way and he's in the family. Well, he hasn't been on the campus in quite a while and hasn't been around the program in quite a while, uh, and yet things look like they haven't missed a beat. Very impressive. And I think Chris Mack has surprised me as well. You know, lost some pretty good players off last year's uh, you know deep NCAA tournament run. Yep, made all the way to the Elite Eight. Yeah, but you know when you have a Blewett back and a Makura back, uh, Sean O'Hare is off to a really good start. Uh, they're just a good team. They have good good players in the pipeline. Tyreek Jones is really off to a great start inside, shooting almost seventy percent from the field. Uh, you know, Chris Mack has an upper level program top 10, top 15 type program year after year, and hats off to him. Our thanks to Butler head coach Laval Jordan, Creighton guard Marcus Foster, and the Athletic.com's Dana O'Neill for joining us today. Thanks also go out to the flagship stations at Creighton and Butler for their assistance in providing the sound that brings us and brings you hopefully a little bit closer to the big moments in these big games. Thanks to our producer Kevin Collins and to the coaches and administrators at all 10 Big East member institutions. And thanks to you, too, for listening. For Kevin McNamara, I'm John Rook. And if you like what you hear, let us know. Leave us a review on iTunes or hit us up on Twitter at JR Broadcaster at Kevin McNamara33. We'll be back same time next week. This week in the Big East. 
Thanks for listening to This Week in the Big East. Special thanks to our member schools, Butler, Creighton, DePaul, Georgetown, Marquette, Providence, St. John's, Seton Hall, Villanova, and Xavier, as well as their athletic departments. This Week in the Big East is produced by Kevin Collins. The executive producers are John Paquette and Rick Gentile. Be sure to join us next week for the latest edition of This Week in the Big East.